0: When I'm faced with impossible situations, am I the kind of person who would knock a hole in the roof to reach Jesus? Am I willing for people to not understand some of my actions in order to do whatever is necessary to touch Him?
1: Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, get ready
0: for On the Bright Side with Bobby. But I want to ask you a question first. What would you think if while we were sitting here in church that we heard a drilling noise up on the roof and parts of the plaster started falling down here in the sanctuary and we looked up and there were some guys up there they were staring down at us because they couldn't get in because it was so crowded in here so they went up on the roof and they knocked a hole in the roof so that they could hear and see what was going on well it sounds kind of silly doesn't it sound silly I mean we'd probably call the police, we'd have them arrested we'd call the insurance company, file a claim because I'm not going to fix the roof but you know something that's exactly what happened to Jesus as told in the book of Mark While he was preaching In a town called C- Capernaum And I'm sure you know the story Four guys Brought their paralyzed friend A handicapped friend On a bed And knowing that the Lord could heal him But it was so crowded in this house They couldn't get in So they plotted and figured out a way that, that, Where they could Take this friend up on the roof And then they knocked a hole in the roof and lowered their friend in so that Jesus could see him. And of course, the Lord healed him. But that's not why I'm telling you the story this morning. Something new caught my attention about this event because the Bible says that when they had broken through and lowered their friend down, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he turned to the paralyzed person and he said, Son, your sin's. Are forgiven, And then he healed him. And you see, this story clearly demonstrates how much God loves people of action. The word doesn't say that Jesus spoke a word to these four guys. And it doesn't say that they said anything to him. But what he saw was enough. He saw that they were concerned for their friend. He saw it wasn't easy getting a crippled man up on a bed and on the roof. He saw that they believed Jesus was the only answer. My mom tells this story that after having two sons, my brothers Glenn and Ron, the doctors told her that she needed an operation, and the result would be that she couldn't have any more children. So, disappointed, she consulted five different doctors. She got the same diagnosis. So, she scheduled the surgery. Upon hearing this news, my Uncle George, who was a young evangelist, began calling her and begging her to wait on the surgery because he was so convinced that God would heal her. Finally, she relented. And the day before the surgery, she traveled to where Uncle George was holding a revival where she went forward for prayer and God healed her of her condition right there obviously my little sister Vicky, who's with us this morning and, and I are the living and our kids and our grandkids are the living testimonies of that miracle my uncle George was willing to knock a hole in the roof for my mom proud to say that uncle George at age 91 is still traveling and preaching he is and still knocking holes in roofs for people This story in Mark makes me wonder. When I'm faced with impossible situations, am I the kind of person who would knock a hole in the roof to reach Jesus? Am I willing for people to not understand some of my actions in order to do whatever is necessary to touch Him? Have I ever been willing to do anything to reach Jesus for someone else like those four men did? Can I ask you this morning? Are you the kind of person To knock a hole in the roof. To reach Jesus. The word said when Jesus saw their faith. He saved their friend and he healed him. Their faith was their action to do something to reach Jesus. So listen to me. Whatever you're dealing with today. And whatever you're going through. When we have our prayer time here in just a few moments. I hope you'll come. And I hope you'll come like the four guys on the roof, knowing that Jesus is the answer to your situation. And if you do, I promise you, something good will happen in Jesus' name.
1: Worry and anxiety are tools of the enemy to distract and defeat us. Coming up next, discover how you can push anxiety aside and find peace in the midst of troubling times. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now back to On the Bright Side as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith.
0: I have a word for you this morning, especially if you're dealing with not being able to be free. If you're dealing with anxiety and worry in your life, you can do something about it. Actually, the word I have isn't my word. It's a word from the Word. And it's in Philippians. It's in chapter 4. The Apostle Paul says this. Do not be anxious for anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds In Christ Jesus what a great word you know we live in anxious times we have so many things thrown at us every day to deal with that can cause worry and can cause stress and anxiety in fact there's an old joke where a guy goes to a psychiatrist and he says doc you have to help me the doctor says okay what's the problem He says, Every time I go to sleep, I dream I'm a wigwam or a teepee. The doctor said, That's no problem. You're just too tense. So you see, having things that generally cause anxiety and stress really can't be prevented. But here's the thing for a Christian, anxiety and stress. It's not allowed to stay. It has to go. Anxiety and stress is a destructive exercise. It's been said that worry and anxiety is just unbelief in disguise. Jesus talked about this subject too. He said this, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And since you can't do this little thing, Why do you worry about the rest? This past week, we enjoyed a vacation in the Colorado mountains, and we had a wonderful view of the mountains off the deck of our cabin. And the first day that we were there, we were just sitting out there, taking in all the beauty, when three beautiful deer and their fawns I think that's the correct word for baby deer. They appeared making their way down the hill in front of us, headed for the stream down below. And we couldn't take our eyes off of them. And then we realized that to get to the stream, they would have to cross the highway that ran all the way up to the national park. And this time of year, the highway is extremely busy. So when they reached the highway... We were literally gripped with fear that these beautiful creatures would get hit by a car. And frankly, my first thought was maybe I should get my wife and daughters away from the porch so they couldn't watch a possible tragedy. But we were frozen, and we just watched helplessly. Finally, one deer darted out on the highway, and a truck slammed on his brakes and barely missed her. And then, thankfully, the traffic stopped on both sides so that the rest of the deer could cross the road. And as our high anxiety in the moment turned to relief, I realized that my wife and daughters have been praying out loud for the safety of these beautiful animals. You see, as Christians, when we face circumstances that create fear, anxiety in our life, Our spiritual instinct should be to do exactly what they did. The situation was completely out of our hands, but the Word teaches us that nothing is too insignificant that we can't pray to God for. We may not know the outcome of the situation, but we are assured of the peace of God nonetheless. One of the great pioneers of the faith is a 19th century evangelist named George Mueller. In his writings, he said something with great wisdom. He said, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. So when we face anxiety and we sense anxiety rising up in us, that's just an opportunity for us to display our faith and our trust in God. The Scripture says, by prayer and petition, that's turning over our anxiety to Him. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Jesus Christ. You know, worry and anxiety is one of the greatest tools of the enemy to distract us and defeat us. But the Word shows us that our faith in God will trump worry and anxiety every time. And God intends for us to use these events in our life to grow and to find peace and joy through Jesus Christ. So no matter what is causing anxiety in your life, worry, stress, depression... When you have to wait those two or three extra days for the test results to come in from the doctor, or your bills are piling up and you just can't see how you're going to pay them, these are the times when you have to let faith rise up in you and push the worry and anxiety aside. Because you have the promise of a peace that transcends all understanding through Jesus Christ. You see, Christ wants us to live for him today, right now. Jesus said, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Isn't it great that the best advice in the world comes from the Lord himself? He said, tomorrow will take care of itself. So if you're facing any of these issues today, just open up your heart. Push anxiety and push worry aside and receive from the Lord what He has for you today. And then, don't worry about it.
1: Money has the potential to become too important in our lives and can cause all kinds of temptations. Stay right there to hear some biblical advice about finances that will comfort and strengthen you. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith
0: on the Bright Side. First, I want to encourage you in your finances today, because if you're having money trouble, I want you to know that there's hope for your situation. And more important, there is help for you today through the wisdom and the power of God's word. Now, how many know there is power in the word of God? Did you know that when Jesus was challenged and tempted by Satan, that he kept using these three words to put the devil in his place? What were they? It is written. You see, once it's written, once it's in God's word, then that's it. So there's truth and there's power in the word and the word shares with us truth and power in regard to our finances. So I want to share with you my favorite verses of Scripture that keeps me centered and gives me perspective on all the issues that I have with money. The first Scripture I want to share is a promise. It's in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and it goes like this. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus well you know when I read that I can't help but to say hallelujah what a promise you know if your heart had pockets you would want to take this verse and put it in there and zip it up take it wherever you go because whatever we go through with money God will meet our needs notice he didn't say that he might meet our needs He didn't say he would meet some of our needs. God said he would meet all of your needs. Praise the Lord. The next verse that has meant so much to me in my life is a simple instruction. And you've heard me say it many times. It's Malachi 3 verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Now, to me, this is one of the most remarkable scriptures in the Bible. It not only tells us what we should do, but it tells us what will happen if we do it. It's an instruction with a promise attached. And the Lord is actually daring you and I to test him And to watch him work work miracles in our financial lives. The third scripture is important. Because it's a warning. 1 Timothy 6.10 For the love of money is a root of all evil. Now, why is this warning meaningful to us? It is because money has the potential to become too important in our lives. Having plenty of money can cause all kinds of obsessions and temptations. And not having money can elevate its importance and cause us to obsess on how to get more of it. So we can't forget that we're supposed to acquire money, that we're supposed to use money, but we never fall in love with it. And you might ask, well, how do I know if I love money or not? Well, the answer is usually found when confronted with the prospect of giving some of it away. How about this scripture? Acts 20, 35. The apostle Paul was in prison and he gives his friends some advice. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the word the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Did you know that Paul is the only one To document that quote from Jesus? Wouldn't you like to have heard Jesus expand on this subject a little bit more? Well, you know, he probably did. And for some reason, nobody wrote it down. But it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, let me ask you, can we really live like that? The Lord tells us that if we're givers, we can walk in his blessing. Okay, my last scripture for you is a truth. An eternal truth. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 goes like this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So simple. It sounds like it was in Proverbs, but it's not. The Apostle Paul is telling us that we are in control of our Generosity. And there is an equal reaction to our action. So, is this another test for us, just like in Malachi? Yes. It absolutely is. Are you struggling with financial matters in your life this morning? I hope you'll remember these words from the Word today. And, of course, there are many more good words about finances in the the Bible that can comfort you, that can strengthen you, and that can give you peace and hope that God will indeed meet all your needs through Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening
1: to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur and business owner. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers?